This is Chris Osborne from Play Comics, and you are listening to Genuine Chit Chat. And thanks to Chris from Play Comics there. Um, I've included a link to the show in the description. Go check out their podcast. It's amazing. Anyway, hello guys, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is part two of my chat with Maxwell Ivy, the blind blogger. Now, if you tuned in last week, you'll generally know uh, sort of things about Maxwell. I mean, his title kind of gives it away, The Blind Blogger. Um, he has a podcast, he has a blog, um, he's written uh, three books, I think he's writing his fourth at the moment, uh, and he's blind, and he lost his sight or started to when he was very young, and he's completely blind by, I think, around his 20s. So we spoke about that last week. Um, this week, we basically continue on that conversation. It's a really fun chat. Um, we talk about his podcast, the What's Your Excuse show. Um, we speak about the value of sort of practicing your craft, as well as the term stillness and the usefulness of that uh, negative experiences his time in a carnival business and really loads of other things as well um, right at the very end as well you get to hear Maxwell sing and his voice surprised me um, it's actually really really nice and really cool um, and I mentioned to him about the band Kalia that he'd uh, probably quite like to sing along to at some point which we can organize at some point in the future uh, but I'll keep people posted about that when it comes to it Anyway, that's about it from me, guys. I'm not going to ramble on at the start too much because I'm sure if anyone's listened to part one, you want to get straight back into uh, part two, so I'll let you do that. Um, there's not going to be a promo today because um, I had the intro plug by Chris at Play Comics, so that'll be enough for today. And um, yeah, if any new listeners, the show will start in a moment. And then right at the very end, I come back in and I just talk about what's to come, give some more information and things, etc., etc. So like, share, subscribe, all the usual lovely podcasty stuff. Uh, and I'll talk to you guys at the end. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. And the people who need to be encouraged, they're going to look at it and they're going to go, hey, the blind guy did that. What's Mm -hmm. my excuse? The people who don't need the encouragement, they're going to go, man, he should really hire somebody to help him make this look better. Yeah, and I think I think what you said there actually uh, kind of encapsulates one of the reasons why you've been successful thus far, and one of the things that people should really learn from this, which is you've got the perfect mix of optimism and determination. Because if you're just optimistic all the time and you don't put enough effort in, then obviously you're just not going to get anywhere. If you are full on 100% determination and there's no optimism, you're just sort of flat out determined you are going to be perfectionist and you're going to end up getting in your own way for a lot of these projects and things because you're going to be spending you know 90% of the work is going to take 90% of the time but then you're going to spend twice as long again <laughs> doing this tiny little adjustments of like artwork or this or these microcosms that no one's ever going to notice and it's <laughs> it's that balance of being self-critical but not being too self-critical but also releasing things that are as you perfectly put it good enough you know i put out podcasts there's been the odd one or two which the audio isn't that great and sometimes i'm like it's sunday night which normally when i release a podcast and i'm editing it or just making sure everything's fine writing some notes etc and then i'm like i get to a point i'm like if i actually edit this and the audio is perfectly clean it's probably going to take me about seven hours and it's like that is not enjoyable (laughs) so i just say at the start of the podcast i go sorry guys this podcast doesn't sound as good as the rest of them. If you're a new listener and you're an audiophile, then check out another episode. If you don't mind, then keep on going. I'm not going to spend eight hours and grind well, down, you know? Well, so that's the difference between us. I wouldn't have given them a warning. I would just put <laughs> it out there. And, you know, that's one of the benefits of having a, ju- a good enough brand is that, you know, people have come to expect that 
you know, things are never going to be perfect. A lot of stuff that would bother the heck out of people who can see the website doesn't bother me at all. But I want to ask you a couple of questions. I don't know if and maybe you can't answer them, but I want the people listening to think about their own answers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, uh, I know you have a website, but let's <laughs> just say for the audience, do you have a website? Is the website live? How long has it been live? How long was it between the time it went live and the time you started telling people about it? And how many times have you reworked it or paid somebody to rework it so it'll be good enough to start telling people to come visit your website and start building up uh, your audience and letting people hear what you have to say? Same thing for podcasting. How many of you have been talking about doing a podcast for years, but you have yet to record the first episode? How many pieces of technology have you purchased and still haven't recorded the first episode? How much time have you spent editing the episodes or uh, monologues that you've recorded and they're still not good enough to be shared online? If you do have a podcast and it's live, have you told anybody about it? Have you even told me and Mike about it since you're listening to this? <laughs> definitely should. Yeah, you definitely should tell us, uh, if nobody else. Um, you know, Have you been on social media and let people know that you have a podcast? Have you recorded more than one episode? You know, These are the kind of things that get in people's way because they think that they're not good enough. They think they have to wait until they are good enough to start sharing their story. And that is just totally the wrong way around mm, because we need them to share their stories. And the other thing is, and here's the real big secret, y'all, for people that are thinking about starting a podcast or a blog, here's the really big key secret. And it really shouldn't be a secret, but, I've, but I think I've got one. That is people enjoy seeing you grow as a person. They don't need you to be perfect. They don't expect you to be perfect. As a matter of fact, the stats tell us that if you're perfect week one, you will scare them away. They will think there's something wrong with you because you're too polished too soon. People come to know you, come to like you. They're impressed with your grit and determination. They want to see you progress. So if you're worried about your first podcast episode being garbage, I'll help you out. It's going to be garbage. Don't worry about it being garbage. Post it and record that second episode. Record the third episode. You're not going to get better talking about it. You're only going to get better by doing it. In fact, one of the best periods of my life as a podcaster was when I took a 15 video and 15 day challenge to record the answers to, you know, short little nothing questions and post a video about them each day for 15 days. So if you're worried about your podcast not being great, get over it. It's not going to be great. Nobody's going to care except for those one or two or three people who their whole mission in life is to make you feel bad. And we all know those people, they get up in the morning, they're looking for something on Facebook or Twitter or something from a friend of theirs, shout down on that they can, you know, they can make themselves feel better by making you feel worse. But for the vast majority, the podcasting world, the blogosphere, the online business people, the vast majority of us are supportive, encouraging people. We want to see you succeed. We have abundance mindsets, which means Just because you get people listening to your show doesn't mean people can't listen to my show. These are the kind of things that you find out if you do this stuff for a while. So if this perfectionism or this not good enough thing is keeping you back, then I will feel really happy with this interview if at least one person that watches this will say, Max, I posted a new episode and I told people about it. Or Max, I wrote a new blog post and I told people about it. Or I posted a new YouTube video. And I told people about it because going back to your thing about combinations of, of optimism and determination, inspiration is not worth much without action. Mm-hmm. And I often get asked, Max, do you, do you ever get bothered when people say that you're an inspiration? And my response is, 
no, it doesn't really bother me, but it would make me feel a lot better if they would tell me what I inspired them to do. Mm, yeah, I mean, I mean, what you've said there, it's it's very important for people to hear, and I couldn't agree more. It is one of those things where people uh, people relate to flaws. You know, if if not everyone wants to see Superman who can just do everything all the time, because in fact, <laughs> it's boring. In my opinion, Superman is the worst very superhero. Boring. It's like, hey, I can do everything, bar one thing. So, okay, well, that's they every plot. They had to add in a flaw for that cat. Exactly, yeah. Whereas you get other characters who are deeply flawed and have issues and things, and you watch them overcome these issues, and that is so much more satisfying than meeting someone from ground one who is perfect. And you're dead right there, you know. it's People love the progression. They love knowing the person behind the podcast or the music or whatever creates outlet someone has it is exactly that mixed with what you also said which is you know for lack of a better way of saying it practice makes perfect you know you can't know how to get better at something until you make the mistake like i know with podcasting i did a couple episodes where the microphone was actually just facing the wrong way like literally completely the wrong way and i only know that because (laughs) first of all i'm a moron but second of all because you know i'm just joking anyone who does that isn't a moron it's a very simple mistake but you know I only learned more about microphones and then how to actually edit the audio afterwards. I was like, oh, this audio needs to be just loud, made a bit louder. Okay, I've done that. That's one little thing to add to my tool, you know, tool belt of stuff I can do. And every little mistake yeah. I've made, every little way I've tried to kind of help it a bit is another thing I've learned. And it, that's all it is. That's all life is. No one is no one is born and knows everything. That's ridiculous. You just try and be better than you were yesterday. And that's a success. And it's the same with anything you create and release. Yeah. In fact, I, I record with a headset because the one time I tried to, re- the two times I tried recording with a microphone, both times the audio levels were so different between my audio and the, and the guest's audio that people got, people couldn't stand to listen to those two episodes because they have to keep turning the volume up and down. Mm, I see. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is one of those things. It's, it's, it's just people do, I think, with... The culture that we're in at the moment with you know, social media, and I mean, I love Netflix and all this sort of other jazz, but getting it all, everything, the second you want it immediately at the snap of your fingers, or you can even press a button on your phone, you don't even have to type it, you can just say it and it will give it to you. It brings this yeah. culture of instant gratification and it makes people want everything right the second. And I see a lot of people in these podcasting groups and stuff who are posting like, oh my God, my podcast, it had like... 100 downloads every episode and then one episode it dipped to 60 what shall i do shall i change my whole format and you're like whoa <laughs> rewind a bit there you know you getting 100 episode downloads per week whatever that's really cool focus on that don't just have a meltdown because one moment yeah. it dips yeah i recently broke a thousand downloads with my podcast it took me uh, 188 days before i got there and when i first heard that number i'm like man good i've done something and then I heard from some other people online. I'm like, Max, you should have got to a thousand a lot quicker. And then somebody, a really good friend of mine said, you know, Max, if you stay at this long enough that you get a thousand downloads, according to a stat I just read, and here's where you can go read it. Uh, you're in the top 20% of podcasters worldwide already. I'm like, okay, great. And I share that um, one because I'm, you know, I'm proud of the thousand. I like to slip it in wherever I can now. But the other thing is, is it shows the danger of comparing ourselves. And that's one of the real dangers of social media is because far too many people on social media are only sharing the positive, shiny, glossy stuff that they've done. We hardly ever hear about the bad things that have happened to them or the mistakes they've made, unless it's so disastrous that they're trying to raise money off of it or something. Usually people only post the good stuff on social media, especially Facebook and Instagram. And so people start to get this idea that, 
when they have a setback that there's something wrong with them because nobody else is having setbacks, you know, when they, uh, and they, when they have a bad day, they're like, well, nobody else has had any bad days lately because on Facebook, very few do. Mm. And so that's one of the, one of the things why I'm, I'm happy that apparently there's something wrong with me that I have trouble, uh, restraining myself from sharing things, even if they don't always show me in the best light. And, more than one coach has tried to tell me, Max, I know your thing is being honest, but could you be less honest or honest with more positive language? And I'm like, I can try, but we both know that's not going to end well. So <laughs> thankfully, I don't filter myself that way. But there are a lot of people on social media who they cannot post anything without editing it to the point where every word is positive, where every picture you know, is, is amazing. And that's especially bad on Facebook. The other thing that I get really tired of is the number of people on social media who are doing great work. And don't get me wrong, I have no problem with the work they're doing. The problem I have is there are very few people like Gary Vee who you can actually see the team that's helping the person accomplish these goals. Hmm. Most, most podcasters, most uh, YouTube channel hosts, most coaches that are you know, making big money, the impression that so many people give off in our culture is, I'm doing this stuff all by myself. It's just me, y'all. And what that does is it creates an, an impression in people's minds that if they can't succeed all by themselves, that there's something wrong with them. And the truth is there's nothing wrong with you. The problem is, is, is they have three people or five people or 10 people on their team and you got just you. And I've been very blessed to accumulate a team of people through, through being online, through being, you know, friendly and open and authentic on social media and stuff. And I think I've got maybe one person that I'm actually, actually paying to do stuff for me. But, you know, I have an editor, I have a tech guy, uh, Michael, who will help me when I get stuck. You know, I have a lot of people who, uh, who will encourage me when things are not going the way I want them to go. And there are people who, when I need something done, they will either give me suggestions or they may offer to do it for me themselves. And many, many times over the years, I've had people offer to do stuff for free that they charge for or offer to do it at a lower price than they usually charge or to do it on installments or in exchange for services because they know that I'm a sincerely humble person that's working my butt off every day just to try to, to build this thing up and help other people. So, but I get really tired of this whole idea that the, the person, the face on the screen is the only person in that business. I really love it when coaches and podcasters will let you see their team, acknowledge their team, and even tell you, hey, you need to go visit so-and-so's website because without them, I wouldn't have this podcast. So I'm doing my best to, to try to dispel that myth and help people think, no, you're not a failure. You're just doing it by yourself. Hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's incredibly important advice to people. And that's a very good point. I mean, um, there's a musical artist who you may have heard of called um, Hosier. Um, have you heard of him? Is it, do they maybe pronounce it Hosea over here or something? Um, is, no, he's got a song called Take Me to Church. Um, which Take is, Me to Church, okay. Yeah, it's like a take, I've heard the song, I just didn't know his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, if anyone doesn't think, I'll do a very brief, horrendous edition. It's Take Me to Church, I worship like a dog in the spot of your light. That's how the song goes. and Everyone okay. should probably know right. that song. And um, he, I saw him live um, a few months ago and um, he's a brilliant artist. I really like him and it's my friend's absolute favorite artist in the world. 
And um, he's got an incredible voice live, really great. He's on stage with seven other people. Uh, some some of them are playing like bass and then violin and the other playing by percussion and then changing to a different instrument at the next song because his songs are all quite different and varied. And one of the things that I liked the most about seeing him live is not only was he absolutely phenomenal in his craft and things, but before his last song, which I think was Take Me to Church, the song I just did, um, he stopped and thanked every single person on stage he named them all he said what they do he said like sort of information about them he then also thanked all the stagehands his tour manager and he was there for about five minutes or so thanking about 20 people and it was like it was just so nice to see that there's this guy who is a you know a multi-million uh platinum selling artist or whatever he's playing all over the world selling out um you know big uh, venues and things like this and his songs are heard everywhere and he still knows and he's humble enough to take the time to say i can't do this without without other people like i may have written the music but i needed a producer i needed this i need these people who support me i need these people who when i come live i can't play nine instruments at once so it's <laughs> it's really nice to see when you do have someone who is in that position but I agree with you that it's it's actually kind of upsetting that he was such a a shining example but I've been going to gigs for you know well over 10 years and so many different bands and things and it's so rare to find bands who really genuinely and sincerely actually thank the people who as you say aren't the face of the brand in a sense yeah and it uh, it and it really hurts people it damages mm. a lot of people's dreams because they they do get the idea these people are doing this by themselves and it's wrong and it's dangerous and who knows how many people have quit on their dreams because they're not making the progress they think they should quickly enough because they don't realize or they don't they can't figure out on their own that this person has a whole bunch of people behind the curtain that nobody's seeing that are making sure they look amazing mm, exactly and it's i mean linking back with the sort of what you said about on social media as well you know people sort of um Posting an artificial uh, rendition of their actual life and things is, uh, you know, it goes back to the flawed things, but it's exactly what you say, which is people get the wrong impression a lot of the time. And and I try and say in my show, you know, one of my sort of running jokes is the, uh, the motto of the show is honest conversations with interesting people. But the actual thing in reality is that everyone is an interesting person in their own right. And my favorite thing in the world is when you speak with someone who is passionate about what they do and you see them uh, like get ignited by them talking about it. You know, you talk to someone who's passionate in their craft and they get excited talking about it. And it's such a nice, good feeling to have. And I kind of say, like, I could almost have anyone on my show that I know at all. And just if I ask them the right questions about the thing they're passionate about they'll have a conversation with me that many, many people would love to hear because I don't believe there's a person on this planet who doesn't have something interesting to say about what they're passionate about. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, somebody recently asked me if they were going to do a book based on the people they've met riding in Uber. And I told them somebody has already published a book called The People They Met on the Bus. <laughs> and it was basically the same approach that, you know, that there are people all around you every day who have great stories uh, most of them go un, unnoticed and ignored by us, but they're there. And, you know, just by listening to people who have these great stories, you know, you, you mentioned you could have a conversation with anybody. Recently, I drove home with an Uber driver who asked me if he could play some music. Then he asked me if he could sing. Then he sang freaking opera in three different languages. And I'm like, excuse me, why are you driving an Uber again? Could you help me out here? And I gave him my card and he hasn't gotten back to me because I was seriously wanting to say I had discovered this cat. I mean, it was just, 
I forget what country he was. He was, you know, one of the t- typical people that was a was a, I think he was an ophthalmologist or something in his home country. You know, mm. he's here driving Uber. But I mean, there are people like that all around us. But most people don't take the time to notice them. If they take the time to notice them, they don't take the time to ask them. You know, what is it that interests you? What's what's your story? And that, of course, is one of the great things about doing a podcast is we. You know, we do see these people that we kind of somewhat know because we've seen them online and we go, hey, would you come and talk? And we find out what it is they're passionate about. We have a conversation and, you know, sometimes we have a conversation and it lasts 45 minutes and, you know, you're thinking, you're, look, you're looking at the clock and then other times you talk for an hour and a half and you're like, um, it felt like five minutes. But either way, you get to find out something about that person that you that you wouldn't have known if you just walked past them or if you just continued to to see them around online. Mm, no, exactly. And it's, you know, with this podcast as well, I don't know if, if you've sort of found this, but I found that having a podcast has actually made me a better conversationalist um, because I found, especially for myself, I mean, I'm an extrovert and there's two things that people have always said about me, um, which is I am I am weird and I'm very, very talkative. Uh, normally, it's sometimes if it's a different word to talkative, you know, there's many other ways yes. of saying it. Yes, yes. It's, Not all of them positive. Yes, I got you. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, one of the things I found is that I get, when I'm talking to someone who's interesting, especially, I get a bit too excited with what I want to tell them. And sometimes I get wrapped up in being like, oh my God, and I want to tell you this thing about me and this thing about me. And eventually I realize I it's a term. It may have come from somewhere else, but I think I may have created it, but it may not have. It's called verbal waterboarding. And it's just, you know, when you just basically waterboard someone with your words and they can't get a word out at all inchways. And it's like, even if they're enjoying the conversation, sometimes that can happen. And I myself have been guilty of it a lot, but I found that podcasting, not only because of trying to be in air quotes, an entertainer and trying to release things for people to hear, but having someone taking time out of their day like yourself to actually have a conversation with me, it's not really fair if I just sit here and talk at them for two hours. And then, you know <laughs> what I mean? So it's it's really helped me as a person, even if, say, tomorrow for some weird reason I can never do podcasting again and nothing, air quotes, big ever came out of it, I would still have that the people I met from it and also what I've learned as a person of the things I've learned from these people as well as just how to talk to people better is invaluable. And people need to pursue whatever they want to do just to, so they can have these lessons in a sense. Yeah. And I imagine the thing you've learned the most is that by talking less or slower or uh, focusing more on the other person that it's helped you in your daily conversation. Or as somebody wants to explain to me, the difference between a good dancer and a great dancer is great dancers understand the, ev- the value of stillness. Mm. That's very profound. And it sounds like good. you've kind of kind of come to the understanding that great conversations, a great conversationalist understand, understands the importance of of quiet and letting the other person talk more. I completely agree that that stillness with the the dancer thing is 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 very profound. Actually, it's, it's a brilliant way of putting it. Is that it's not everyone is into the same sort of music as I am in the sense of obviously pop music and rock generally most people like, and then I like a lot of uh, rap music and classical, lots of different things, but. One of the genres, well, I'm not saying everyone will like the genre, but with heavy metal as an example, one of the things people often say when they listen to heavy metal or anything, they go, oh, it's just all shouting. I can't get into that. Blah, blah, blah. And that's fair. People have their own opinions and whatever. But one of the things that I've tried to start to get my girlfriend into sort of more heavier stuff just for her to palette, just to try it. And what she's been noticing is actually with the really, really heavy bits, when it becomes softer 
and you get the singing element, the juxtaposition between them makes it almost almost more well, beautiful in, in a way. You know, when you've got all this loud, crazy noise and someone's shouting and things and you're like, oh God, yeah, there's not as much melody in this. And then the same band instruments and people just change within one bar and it becomes angelic almost. And there's a lot of things in life which... I like that, the, the juxtaposition of things. Like the, the very blunt uh, sort of truth of life is you can't have, in air quotes, good without, in air quotes, bad. I say in air quotes because, you know, good and bad's perspective. But, you know, you can't have good without evil. You can't have the darkness without the light. There's the yin and the yang in it. And it's it's one of those things where I think it's in every aspect of life and people need to be kind of be more aware of it in a sense. And obviously not speaking in a conversation is the opposite, but equally important as speaking in a conversation. Yeah, George Burns, when he was playing the character of God in, uh, he was playing the character of God, I think it was in the second movie, the young kid asked him, why is there, why is there evil? And his answer was, well, I was never able to make a top without a bottom or a left without a right. Mm, yeah, you can't, you can't so, make a mountain without digging a hole. I mean, yeah. you must have found that in yourself. I mean, you are one of the, probably one of the most positive and also you have well, I'm going to say it in truth. You are one of the wisest and also one of the most positive people I think I've ever spoken to, yet you've been dealt with a hand which is in very negative. Obviously, losing your sight is, is such a horrible thing to happen to someone, but you found that due to this thing happening to you and due to obviously the lessons you learned from your, your dad and your life uh, sort of in the carnival and things like that or being involved with the carnival, really, it's these the lessons have kind of culminated together to get you where you are now and you wouldn't be where you are without that negativity in in a sense i agree with you completely and i'll you know i'll go a little further with that in 2006 2007 when we were uh, our carnival was out of business but we were working with my uncle's carnival i was not happy being on his midway but i was surviving uh, my kids kids game was making enough money to buy the stock and have a little money left over some weeks uh, my nep- my cousin put up a put up a couple of more games to the point where my game would no longer even pay for its stock. Eventually, uh, I quit. I quit traveling with the carnival a year or more. Before my mom and my brother and my nephew stopped traveling because they were still traveling with the food trailer even after I quit. Hmm. Um, and for a long time, I was very I was very mad. I was like, okay, my cousin forced me out of the business. My uncle let him do it. My mom let him do it. You know, if my dad were alive, this would have never happened. You know, a lot of those kinds of feelings. But after I started my own website and started growing something that was specifically uniquely mine, something that I was working every day to build into something, and then it got to the point where, oh, yeah. And also, uh, as my health got better because I was able to to focus on getting better health. And, you know, I got treated for sleep apnea. I had gastric surgery. So as I started to find the passion in the business, I started to get healthier. I eventually came around to realize that my cousin, you know, he did me a favor. He forced me out of a business that I was not happy in anymore, but I was there because I was, I felt like I was obligated to be there. And my family felt like I, like they needed to have me there even if I wasn't enjoying it, and especially even though I wasn't making any money doing it. So, you know, I I actually thanked my cousin in my first book. And I say in there that he's not the kind of person I could ever sit down, have a conversation with and explain to him that, you know, this is how I felt when you did this. 
but I've come to the understanding that you did me a big favor, allowing me to become more physically, emotionally, and spiritually healthy as a person because of this. I can't tell him that in person, but I decided that I'm going to include that in the book. And who knows, maybe someday somebody will, will show it to him or he'll end up with a copy of it. But the important part was for me to say, thank you for giving me the push that allowed me to change the path I was on to something that I, that I enjoyed doing, that I loved doing, that allows me to help other people in several different ways, whether it be helping people sell used rides so they can buy newer stuff or helping people get, people get unstuck so they can go after their goals or, you know, or helping by inspiring people through speaking, podcasting and writing and, or, or helping people get their work out there by introducing them to podcast hosts and, and places where they can share their stories. So without being forced out of the carnival business, I wouldn't be here. And at first it did hurt me. And at first it did cause me some depression. And, and I, did put on even, I did put on even more weight than I had had when I started. But because of that, I had the space, the time to think about it, to ponder it, to get healthy and to start the road down to becoming the person I am now. Mm. And it's linking in with that. It's almost like there's not almost, there are a few exceptions. Uh, obviously, if some horrendous things do happen as well. But if we take those, uh, the outliers out, it's almost like any mistake you make is really just a lesson. And any path you go down that isn't in air quotes successful is just the thing that will help you where you need to be like with myself i mean before i was doing a uh, podcasty stuff um i i was on youtube with my a friend of mine who's been on the podcast a few times and i did youtube with him for a year and a bit and we were releasing videos having a lot of fun but it eventually just kind of fizzled out and then after that i did music videos for little local bands and my friends bands and things like that and i was sort of doing all that sort of stuff together um and then that mainly fizzled out because it was just so much work and very little payoff so i, I stopped <laughs> and so for a little while i kind of I didn't, I didn't have a creative output. And then podcasting kind of just came up, um, for lack of a better way of putting it. And I realized that because of my experience on YouTube and the music video stuff, as well as I had a job working in uh, cassettes and CD production, as in, this was only a few years ago, There's the company is still going and still releasing cassettes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's mental. And um, because I was doing that and I was doing graphic design and stuff, when I decided to do my podcast, I already had the sort of editing no sort of uh editing knowledge and things from the music videos and stuff from the youtube stuff i knew how to sort of present and how to kind of you know uh title videos and tags that sort of jazz and then from the job that i had that i'm no longer at i learned to do more graphic design and more sort of things so all these little things that maybe seem like uh, they didn't go anywhere or anything like that if if i hadn't done all of those I would never be where I am with podcasting right now. And and it's it's just so it's interesting how things all generally seem to kind of work out in a in a way. If we let them. Well yeah, if you have the right because attitude. because because you know that there are people who they get stuck. They're stuck in the victim mentality. They feel like somebody wronged them and they can't let that past go so that they can allow themselves to to move forward or you know, somebody thought they had found their passion and then something happened where that job is no longer theirs or the creative outlet is gone. You know, there are a lot of people who could take all the things they've learned in the last year, five years, 10 years and do something with that. But quite a few of those people are bitter and hanging on to mistakes and failures and setbacks, and they can't allow themselves to move forward. 
Mm. You know, you, I'm sure, well, I don't know if you liked your job with the CD and cassette people or not, but it was, it was probably a job. And I've, I've come to the conclusion there are lots of people who are comfortable in bad situations because they feel like the, they feel like trying something new could be, could be worse than what they already have. But a lot of it is just, we have to let go of the past hurts. We have to let go of the embarrassment that goes along with our setbacks and try the next thing in front of us. And maybe that next thing won't work either. I mean, I really don't, you know, one of the, one of the questions I hate getting asked is when a podcast host will go, so what are you, what are you going to do next, Max? Where do you see yourself in five years from now? What are, what are your big plans for the future? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm in a lot of cases, I'm here where I'm at now because I said yes to somebody asking me if I would try something new or I took the next logical step from something I was already doing. You know, like I was doing, I've done over 200 interviews on podcasts and people kept asking, Max, when are you going to have your own show? So eventually, sooner or later, I knew I was going to have my own show. It just took a while. So I don't know what I'm going to be doing from here on, but I do know this much. If writing the books never becomes a thing, you know, never becomes New York Times bestseller, somebody write me a big check like they used to give out on the Publishers Clearinghouse, (laughs) there's still a lot of great experiences. And I've still helped a lot of people by sharing my experiences and telling my stories and making them laugh and making them cry and making them uh, think a little bit differently about their circumstances. And, you know, maybe the writing will be a big thing. Maybe the podcasting will be a big thing. One of the reasons why I do so many different things is I'm not sure which one of the things I do that I enjoy doing is going to be the one thing that becomes the reliable, sustainable, supportable income generating part of my life. I really don't know. Mm. And as long as I continue to enjoy giving talks, doing podcast interviews, writing books, doing my blog posts, as long as I continue to enjoy that stuff, then in my mind, it's successful. Or as I used to say, when the subject would come up and like blog commenting and stuff, when people would be talking about success, I would go, I am personally satisfied with my work. I am totally fulfilled with what I'm doing. My bank account just hasn't caught up with my, with the rest of me yet. You know? <laughs> That's a brilliant way of putting it. And I mean, Max, I feel like I could probably talk to you for hours and hours and hours. So we are definitely going to have to uh, do another one of these again. And All maybe right. I can come well, on sure. your show at some point. And yeah, maybe we can once do that. Yeah, once you've released the fourth book or something, you can come on. And I, we could probably talk about the book for five minutes and then we'll talk about everything else again. <laughs> But um, before we sort of wrap up and things, I mean, it has been an absolute delight to have you on the show. And this is quite a longer chat, which I was really happy about, which means I can split it into two and I'll be promoting it for uh, the two You might be able to well. split it into three by the time you're through, man. So. <laughs> well, I'll be splitting it into two and sharing it and all that sort of jazz. But before we sort of, um, before we do wrap up, I want to see if you can have sort of some final word and if there's anything else you want to just add on for any of the listeners. Right, right. Well, the... I've I've got three things I like to make sure people understand is that I have accomplished these things. Some of them scary, many of them difficult because I've, I've, I have learned and been taught to do three things. One is deciding to find solutions instead of making excuses. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of life, it does come down to making the decision. Uh, the second thing is asking for help and being willing to accept help when offered. We talked about that um, quite often, though, there are people who can ask for help, but they get really bent out of shape when people come along and offer them help that they don't remember asking for. And the third thing is, is 
determining that there is positive in your life and looking for it till you find it. I like to say to people in that area is finding the positive in your life is like finding the TV remote. You know it's there somewhere and you just keep looking until you find it. And if you can't find it by yourself, you ask the family to come help you look. And by the time you find it, you may have to, you know, you may have to clean the living room or put the couch cushions back. But you know it's there somewhere. You keep looking until you find it. And that's the way it is with finding the positive. We, there's a lot of positive things that happen to people's lives every day, but they don't take the time to notice them. They don't list them. And so they don't realize that they happen. So those are the three things I do really well. If people want to know more, they can find me at theblindblogger.net. Uh, they can find my podcast, The What's Your Excuse Show. But you do have to put the question mark after excuse if you want to find me on most of the players because there are other shows with excuse in their titles. All my social media stuff is at theblindblogger.net. And of all the things I do, the one thing that I get the most joy out of is working with uh, creative entrepreneurs like authors, speakers, coaches, musicians, filmmakers. I love seeing their progress and helping them go from that point where they're doing good work, but they don't know if people want to hear them talk about it to, yeah, people do want to hear my story to uh, having them on podcasts and radio shows and TV shows to the point where people are starting to find out about them and they're starting to buy their books and rent their movies and go to their concerts and stuff. That's what I really enjoy. I have a real passion for helping people do that because the work part of it, it's not very difficult. It's mostly just a continuous grind type of job. But when you have a guy like me who spent a lifetime booking a small carnival, I'm not afraid of the word no. So who else would be perfect to spend his time asking other people to have you on their podcast or their radio show or their stage? So that's things I would like to leave people with. And again, theblindblogger.net or just ask at theblindblogger.net. And you don't have to hire me or want to or want to give me money to talk to me. So send me, we'll talk, we'll get to know each other. Who knows where we'll leave. Well, exactly. That's perfect. You know, collaboration is key. That's the, the big takeaway from this. I mean, there's so many, I feel like I could almost cut this podcast up into five minute chunks and everything would have a great nugget of knowledge and information from you. So, you know, I can't implore people to go and check out not only the blind blogger, but also obviously your podcast and um, what's your excuse and also check out your books and just all the things that you're involved with, you know, get into contact with you and I'll be sure to, when this episode airs and things, I'll share it on social media. I'll be sure to tag you and stuff like that. And yeah, we 100% have to do this again down the future because Max, it's genuinely been such a pleasure to meet you. Well, it's been a great joy for me to sit here and talk to you. I know We've had a great conversation because of all this, the side conversations we've had and all the, the, the distractions that both of us have caused and, uh, and enjoyed. So, you know, and I haven't looked at my watch once the whole time. So I know we're done good. You know? um, <laughs> I'll take that. Now as I haven't, yeah. Now I haven't done this in a while. So usually the host asks me, but, but I'm just wondering if you would mind if I sing a little at the end of the show here. Oh, I would love you to. Yeah, please do it. It'd be lovely. All right. Okay. Yeah, people stopped asking me, so I had to start asking. You know, that's one of those things. Um, all righty. I'm going to sing a different song because it speaks to this whole thing about collaboration and, and uh, asking other people to be part of your journey. 100%. Okay, here we go. Um, Frank and Mama counted on each other. Their one and only weakness made them strong. Mama did the driving for the family. 
And Frank made a living with a song. Home was just a camp along the highway. A pickup bed was where we bed it down. Don't ever once remember going hungry, but I remember mama cooking on the ground. And daddy Frank played the guitar and the French harp. Sister played the ringing tambourine. Mama couldn't hear our pretty music. She read our lips and helped the family sing. That little band was all part of living, and our only means of living at the time. And it wasn't like no normal family combo, cause Daddy Frank, the guitar man, was blind. Thank you. I appreciate that. Max, you can never, ever listen to anyone who tells you anything other than your voice is amazing. (laughs) Because genuinely, that was awesome. And me saying Kaleo, I want to promise you, I'll send you an email about it. Your I, voice will fit Kaleo absolutely perfectly. So I'm looking forward to it. As a matter of fact, I think of what we ought to do is after I sing it, we ought to hook up for like about five minutes so we can introduce it and, you know, really really get a little little push off of it or, off of it or something. Oh, I'd love to do that, 100%. All right, cool, cool. I'm going to be interested to see how this all turns out with all the side stuff and distractions and whatever else, man, you know. <laughs> it's going to be great. Well, let's stop yeah. recording here. All righty. And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Uh, as I said, isn't Maxwell's voice great? I said it in the intro and I just think it's really cool and it's a fun thing to have someone sing on the podcast because I don't think anyone's done that before. Uh, make sure you check out his podcast, the What's Your Excuse show. I've included a link in the description, but if you like this show, you're probably going to like his show. It's kind of similar vein. Uh, and be sure to check out his website, theblindblogger.net. That is also in the description. That's his sort of blog, thoughts, includes the podcast on there as well as information about his books and all that other cool stuff. So go check check that out, give them loads of love, follow them on social media, and that usual stuff. Coming up, um, I've got no episodes recorded at present uh, for next week's release, but I do have three sessions of recordings next week, um, so I think one of them will be of Goff of Beer Nuts Productions, who's also a blind gentleman. Uh, he's been on the show twice before, so I'll be having him on. Um, I'm going to be having some guys on from a podcast called In The Black Podcast. In the last few outros, I haven't mentioned them um, because I we wanted to make sure it was all 100% going ahead, and uh, Big O, the host, he posted it on Facebook and tagged me in it, so, so that's pretty pretty much a shoe in so uh, that's gonna be really exciting because anyone who uh, follows me on social media or listens to anything i always like to promote all in the black podcast because it is probably my favorite indie podcast i really like in the black and i also um i love comics in motion um i love uh, heather vickery's the brave files um th- there are loads more like witch murder and loads of other things but i'm not going to just sit here and list them all <laughs> uh, like we fix space junk etc uh, many of them are in the Britpod scene and a lot of the people in these podcasts i've actually had on this show um, so I'm not just going to sit here and list all the podcasts I like because I'll be here for a while. But that's what's coming up next week. I've got someone else who's due for a recording as well. But I don't like to. I don't believe in jinxing or luck or anything. But I don't like to say, yeah, I'm having blah 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 on, and then something happens and they don't come on because then it's just. Eh. So three podcasts should be recorded. Then um, I think I'm going to be having a few more recorded as well. I'm going to be doing a few more guest spots. I think. I think I'm doing two or three guest spots in March. I did a little bit of voice recording as well, like a tiny bit of voice acting for a friend of mine as well who's got a podcast. So I'll be appearing in that at some point. Um, yeah, that's about it from me, I think, guys. Um, 
as I always say, like, follow, subscribe. You know, every podcaster says basically the same thing. I don't spend any money on ads. Uh, I don't have a Patreon as of yet. Maybe I will get one in the future. But at present, the best way to, to help me isn't to give me money or anything like that. It's just to share the show. It's to tell people you know who may listen to a podcast or even those who haven't listened to podcasts, then I can be there first. Huzzah. Um, go for the back catalogue, see some stuff that people would enjoy. I have got countless different guests of almost every genre of conversation I've had in the gist of, at least on this show. Uh, I'm planning to have many more as the years to come. But if you I ever stuck you can go on youtube there's playlists there and i've put everything in genres basically almost no one listens on youtube i do apologize to the think two people who do listen on youtube but generally no one listens on youtube um compared to all the other sort of podcatcher apps and that sort of stuff so when you go on youtube and you see that each video has got like three views that isn't a representation of my actual listenership <laughs> there's many many more of you than three um but on youtube i've just put into playlists it's a lot easier because you put it into genres and stuff so there's ones for just comedic ones that are more funny there's ones about world and exploration ones about religion ones about science all the different sort of aspects and many of them overlap because you know tangents are welcomed here on genuine chit chat so it's very rare to stick with one subject matter but that's more or less it i think guys yeah review on itunes i always appreciate a review i do read them all and i love you all for doing it and um yeah, that's enough ums from me because I've clearly run out of steam to say anything at the end of the show. So thanks as always for listening, guys. I really, really appreciate it, especially anyone listening right up to the end and hearing me just ramble on about nothingness. And um, yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week.